We're in the middle of a series called Building Blocks for BBC, and uh, we're building on the foundation which is Christ. No one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. And so we've talked about the first three building blocks. We're to love God, we're to love others, we're to make disciples. Love God, love others, make disciples. This morning we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about being steadfast in prayer. R.C. Spro said that prayer is to the Christian what breath is to life. And yet no duty of the Christian is so neglected as prayer. So uh, I'm in Ephesians chapter 6 this morning. I invite you to turn there. Ephesians chapter 6, we'll look at verses 18 through 20. Uh, you know, I've heard the statement, as the church goes, so goes the nation. And I believe there's some truth to that statement. And to some extent, the church has lost some of her influence. Uh, I, I think that's taking place because uh, we thought we had to look like the culture instead of being salt and light in the culture. And uh, sadly, our, our culture seems to have had more influence on the church than, than the church has had on the culture. And uh, I, I believe part of that, that's part of the reason that we see the moral and spiritual crisis that we're facing. And, and so our, our only hope is to return to the Lord. And that starts in prayer. So we're going to talk about that this morning, Ephesians chapter 6. I invite you to stand, and we'll honor the reading of God's Word. I mentioned some books sometimes. A couple of my favorites on prayer is Paul Miller has a book called A Praying Life. Uh, really good. has some good pointers on there about having note cards and, and using cards and, and verses to pray for different people. That's been helpful to me. And then Timothy Keller has a book. It's just called Prayer. And uh, it's a lot of good stuff in, in that book as well. I'd be glad to loan those to you. Uh, but what we find here in Ephesians 6 is Paul is offering the church in Ephesus some final instructions. He has told them to put on the armor of God and to stand. And then he reminds them of the necessity, the importance of prayer. So, verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance making supplication for all the saints, and also for me, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. And Father, we pray your Spirit would teach us today, would remind us today of some things about prayer. What a privilege it is to, to come to you in prayer, and yet we don't often persevere in our praying Lord, we want to be a people of prayer. Uh, we want to be desperate for you in our lives. And so help us today. Steer our hearts. Open our, our hearts to, uh, to hear your word. And we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. Before we dive into Ephesians 6, let me just say a few things about prayer. Uh, we find so many examples in God's word of of the importance of prayer, the power of prayer. Uh, so often we find accounts of people of God, sometimes they get their backs up against the wall, they get in a real mess, and then they call out to God in prayer. And, and He's merciful in that even, uh, even though we've neglected prayer, uh, He's merciful to hear our prayers and respond in such amazing ways. Uh, this past Friday morning I was reading Second Chronicles chapter 7. And most of you are familiar with verse 14. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their evil ways, then I'll hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sins and heal their, their land. 
Now that, that was a promise given to Solomon after they built and dedicated the temple. Uh, but as we read through the scriptures, with all the calls to pray, to ask, to seek, to knock, uh, we know, we can be confident that God would respond the same way to us if we would humble ourselves and seek His face and, and pray. And so He invites us to do that. And uh, in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, I want to just share a, a story with you. Uh, there's so many to pick from in regards to prayer. But in this particular chapter, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, Jehoshaphat is the king of Judah. And uh, all these enemy people are coming to fight them. And let me just read this, 2 Chronicles 20, if you want to follow along. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, the Minuites, they came against Jehoshaphat for battle. Some men came and told Jehoshaphat, A great multitude is coming against you from Eden. And he mentions all these people. Verse 3, Jehoshaphat was afraid. He set his face to seek the Lord, proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah assembled to seek help from the Lord. That's so important. The people realized that we're in lots of trouble. And the people as a whole, they, they assembled to seek help from the Lord. From all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. And Jehoshaphat stood in the assembly of Judah and Jerusalem in the house of the Lord before the new... They just built the temple. And so he gathers the people there in front of the temple. And he said, verse 6, O Lord, God of our fathers, are you not God in heaven? You rule over all the kingdoms of the nations. In your hand are power and might so that none is able to withstand. For they, basically, this way he's saying is we, we have no hope against all these people, but, but not you. You have all power. In your hands is all power. Did you not, verse 7, our God, drive out all the inhabitants of the land before your people Israel and give it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? And they have lived in it and have built for you in it a sanctuary for your name, saying, if disaster comes upon us, the sword, judgment, or pestilence, or famine, we will stand before this house and before you, for your name is in this house, and cry out to you in our affliction, and you will hear and save us. In other words, Jehoshaphat said, God, you said that if we get in a mess, we can come and, and cry out to you, and you'll hear our prayers. And that's what they do. And uh, skip down to, to verse 10 if you want to. Or verse 12. Oh, our God, will you not execute judgment on them? For we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. Church, that's where it starts right there, realizing that we're powerless, but he's all-powerful. And Jehoshaphat says we are powerless against this great horde that is coming against us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. You ever been there? We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. That's the, the place that, that Jehoshaphat found himself. We don't have a chance against them, but, but we're looking to you. Now, what do you think God did? You want me to finish the story? Oh, yeah. God's people got desperate when they cried out to him. Verse 20. Verse 22. Let me go there. And when they began to sing and praise the Lord, set an ambush against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir, who had come against Judah, so that they were routed. 
The men of Ammon and Moab rose against the inhabitants of Mount Seir, devoting them to destruction. And when they had made an end to, of the inhabitants of Seir, they all helped to destroy one another. The enemies began to fight each other. Notice verse 24. When Judah came to the watchtower of the wilderness, they looked toward the horde. And behold, they were dead bodies lying on the ground. None had escaped. The king of Judah said, we're powerless. Our only hope is you. And they go and look and behold, the enemies have been killed and none have escaped. And sometimes I read these stories and I think, why in the world don't we pray more? And this is just one example. There are many. I think about Hezekiah. Remember uh, Isaiah? God sent Isaiah to Hezekiah and said, get your affairs in order. You're getting ready to die. And Hezekiah, he, he got on his knees before the Lord and cried out. And God said, Isaiah, turn around and go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 years. There's so many accounts. I, I'm encouraged by Daniel. Daniel, prayer was so important to Daniel that he was willing to go to a lion's den. But it wasn't going to mess up his prayer time. Amen? And I don't know if we would be willing to do that for our prayer time. But we just so many examples of the power of prayer. We come to the, the New Testament uh, in Acts chapter 4, we know that uh, at Pentecost, the Spirit was poured out, and Peter and, and the apostles, they're, they're bold. They're preaching the gospel, and people are getting saved, and, and the religious people, they don't like it. Uh, they throw them in jail sometimes. They beat them. They, they threaten them. Well, that's what's happening. And, of course, Peter and James, this is Acts chapter 4, verse 23. They, they said, we, or Acts 4, 20 says, we can't help but speak of what we've seen and heard. We, we've, we've just got to testify. And so their lives were in danger. The, the authorities threatened them. Uh, verse 18, they called them and charged them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. And so they, they release Peter and James. And you know what they do? Peter and John, they go to their, the church. They go to their friends. Uh, verse 23, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and elders had said to them. They threatened us. And when they heard it, Listen, they lifted their voices together to God and they said, Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea. And they began to cry out to God. They said, God, you're sovereign over this whole thing. We cry out to you. You're our only hope. Uh, verse 29. And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Don't let us be deterred by the threats of, of these people. Give us boldness. And you all know what verse 31 says. And when they had prayed, the place in which they were gathered together was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen, prayer was their first choice, not, not their last choice. And it was through their, their devotion to, to prayer and their desperation for God that they were filled with the Spirit. And they continued to speak the word of God with boldness. Listen, church, our, our land is, is it in a mess today. And yet we've not responded like the early church. They, they responded in prayer, uh, and yet we try to figure it out on our own, don't we? And that's really what prayer is. Prayer, when we pray, we, we're communicating to God that we need His help. When we don't pray, we're communicating that we got it ourselves. And that's foolish, isn't it? And so Ephesians chapter 6, Paul is ending this letter to the Ephesians and he reminds them of their need to pray. Uh, he's kind of their spiritual leader. And so he's going to answer some questions they might have about prayer. The first one is, when to pray? That's an easy answer. He says, praying at all times. 
praying at all times. Uh, when should we pray? All the time. That's easy, isn't it? Uh, Philippians 4, 6, and everything by prayer. Colossians 4, 2, continue steadfastly in prayer. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17, pray without ceasing. Romans 12, 12, be constant in prayer. And so this, this being constant in prayer, it conveys the ideal of just being steady in your prayer life. It's the ideal of having this open, ongoing communion with God, where we walk in prayer. Uh, why, would we, why would we pray all the time? Because God's sovereign. Amen. God's all wise. How many times I've come to God and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what to do, but, but I know you're all wise. You've never made a mistake. God's never made a mistake. He's never given bad advice. He's never made a mistake. He's, and he's all powerful. And we need him. And so that's why we're to, to pray at all times. We're, we're to be constant in that. And we wrestle sometimes with, well, what exactly does that look like, praying at all times, be constant in prayer? Well, uh, I, I mean, I think it means that we are to persist in prayer, persevere in prayer. We're to stay at it. Uh, we're to be devoted to, to prayer. We don't give up. It becomes a, a part of who we are. Uh, it's the opposite of random or occasional or sporadic or intermittent. In other words, Paul is calling the Christians to make prayer a regular, reoccurring, pattern, disciplined part of our life. And I tell people, try to treat it like you do eating and sleeping and even going to work. You know, I don't miss many meals, so I'm, I'm pretty consistent with that. Well, we ought to be the same with, with prayer, and, and we, we, we go to work. We, we're not hit and miss with some of those things. Well, Paul would say, don't be hit and miss with your prayer. Church, being devoted to prayer is so much more than throwing up a, a few Hail Marys every now and then. I believe we dishonor God when, when we don't make time in our day to give Him some focused attention. We're His children. He bought us with a price, and we need time with God. Now, listen, all relationships suffer when they don't have some focused attention. Amen? If you've been married long enough, you know that you need to give some focused attention to your spouse sometimes. Well, Paul is calling the, the church, uh, he's calling us to, to a life of regular, planned meetings with God in prayer. I, uh, I was telling him, I, you know, it says pray at all times, and I, I was just thinking this week, how seldom do I repent of that uh, to be constant in prayer and and to neglect it is sin if the bible tells us to do something and we don't do it it's sin and and yet i don't confess that sin very often and and so let's 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 i i, I suspect that i'm not alone in that and so uh let's let's pray let's just confess that to god will you pray with me for just a few moments this morning Our Father in heaven, we just want to confess to you this morning that we, we neglect prayer. I don't pray at all times. and I'm not constant in prayer. I, so many things that I don't bring to you in prayer. And Lord, you're worthy of praise and worship. Lord, I don't pray your word like I should. Lord, I try to pray for your people, but I don't pray as I should. I don't pray for my family as I should. I, I don't thank you for answered prayers. 
Thank you for every good thing that you give us. Forgive me of that. Lord, I don't pray for purity and holiness and Christ-likeness like I should. Lord, I thank you for just this week bringing that to to my attention. And, And not only do I confess that this morning, but I ask for your help. I want to be devoted to prayer. I want to abide in Christ through prayer. I I want to bear fruit for your glory. I want to know you better. I want to spend more time with you. I want to be regular and more faithful in prayer. Just as I am in eating and sleeping and looking at my phone and watching sports, I I want to be that regular in prayer. I need your help, and I'm sure there's others in this room we acknowledge this morning that we need your help. Help us to be disciplined in prayer. Help us to, as your children, to discipline ourselves towards godliness and devotion to prayer. Help us, Lord, we pray. Thank you for hearing our prayers for that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Not only does Paul tell us when to pray, but secondly, he tells us how to pray. Uh, verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Language here could be translated by means of the Spirit or with the help of the Spirit or according to the, lead, the Spirit's leading and connection. All those things are helpful. Just with the help of the Spirit, maybe. Uh, the, the Spirit wants to help us in our praying. Romans eight twenty six. the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for. But the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot. The Spirit helps us. We, we're weak and we don't always know what to pray, but the Spirit knows. And the Spirit helps us in that. In uh, Keller's book here, he, he, uh, he quotes from Martin Luther, who was a man of prayer. Martin Luther said that uh, he that has prayed well has studied well. You know, often in my mind, I think I've I got I to gotta quit praying so that I can go study. And Luther would say he who has prayed well has studied well. Luther calls praying, uh, calls us as believers to essentially be on the lookout for the Holy Spirit. And he says, as uh, if as we are meditating on Scripture and, and praying, he says, if an abundance of good thoughts comes to us, we ought to disregard the other petitions, make room for such thoughts, listen in silence, and under no circumstance obstruct them. The Holy Spirit himself preaches here, and one word of his sermon is better than a thousand of our prayers. Many times I have learned more from one prayer than I might have learned from much reading and speculation. Now, again, he writes, if in the midst of such thoughts the Holy Spirit begins to preach in your heart with rich, enlightening thoughts, honor him by letting go of your written scheme or letting go of your prayer guide. Remember what he says and note it well, and you will behold wondrous things in the law of God. He's talking about listening to the Holy Spirit through prayer. Uh, Now, Luther's not saying that our inner impressions are revelations from God, but what Luther is saying is that we should expect to hear uh, the Holy Spirit speak through his word. As we read and we reflect upon biblical truths in the word, God sometimes is Paul talks about in Ephesians 1, 8, that the Spirit enlightens the hearts. He helps us to see things in God's Word, and, and from God, he, he opens our hearts to, 
to see and to hear from God. God does a work. I, I talk about in my in my prayer life. Sometimes God does a work on my heart. Sometimes I, as I'm praying for something, the Spirit says, you know, that's selfish. Or you're praying with the wrong motive. Or, or you, the, the Spirit shows me some things. He shows us some things in our praying sometimes. It's so, so helpful. And so praying uh, in the Spirit is, is praying according to the Spirit's leading, in the power of the Spirit, according to God's will. Uh, so not only are we to pray in the Spirit, but secondly, we're to pray with alertness. To that end, keep alert. In Colossians 4.2, being watchful in it or, or keeping alert. It, it, it denotes praying with attentiveness. Jesus' instructions. You remember there at the Garden of Gethsemane that night? Uh, he knew that the cross was about to come. And he had Peter, James, and John. And they went there to the garden. And, and uh, Jesus said in, in Mark 14.38, Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. Watch and pray. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And we know poor old Peter, I mean, he, he wanted to catch a nap, and he couldn't stay awake, and, and he was soon led into temptation. He denied Christ, and man, I can relate to that. So, so often, my flesh is weak uh, in regards to prayer, and instead of praying, sometimes I want to just catch a nap, or I want to be lazy in that time. And Jesus says, to, the flesh is willing, uh, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So here in Ephesians 6, Paul has just warned uh, of spiritual battles that they're going to face. And, and he says that we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. Put on the armor and pray. Our part is to put on the armor that God has provided for us, but then we still are to pray because we still need God's help. And as Christians, we need to be reminded that we are in a spiritual battle. Peter said in 1 Peter 5, 8 that uh, be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary the devil is like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. He wants to take us out. We're to be watchful there. And so listen, we are, when we are prayed up and we have on the armor, we have on the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth. The, the, when we have all that on, we, we are to pray. And when we do that, we're a lot more prepared for the attacks of the enemy. Another aspect of alertness and watchfulness, I believe, is looking for opportunities to pray. Every day, there's some things in our lives that, that should lead us to pray. I'll give you some examples. Let's say you go to lunch today and you get bad service. Well, that'll be a reminder. You pray for that waitress or waiter. You pray for whatever might be going on in their life. Or if you get cut off in traffic, that's a good time to pray, isn't it? Yeah, you pray for patience and grace towards others. Anybody need that sometimes? Yeah, well, somebody does. I do. Yeah, this week we had some evangelism training, and, and Lori just said, you know, we need to make sure we pray. And she's exactly right. When we, when we think about evangelism, part of it is praying. We want to pray that God would uh, soften the hearts, open the eyes. You know, Paul said the, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. It's foolishness until the, the Holy Spirit turns the light on and they begin to understand the power of the cross. And so, yes, praying and evangelism go hand to hand. And, and so all kind of, I mean, I got a buddy having open heart surgery tomorrow. Man, I've been praying for him. It's been so good to, to go to the Lord on his behalf. My, my wife's in Florida with our daughter this week. And, and so it's been a reminder to me, I, I need to pray for my marriage and 
pray for my purity and, and that God would deliver me from temptation. So we always are looking for opportunities to pray. And, uh, so pray in the Spirit, pray with alertness. Thirdly, pray with perseverance. Uh, we've already hit on this one a little bit. Uh, Colossians 4.2, continually steadfast in prayer. I mean, if we want some words to describe our prayer life, words like persistence and perseverance and, and steadfastness and devotion, that, that's what Paul's talking about. Now, we all would agree that prayer makes a difference, and I think we would agree that we are powerless apart from prayer. And, and often when we go into the prayer closet, we, we come out with a, just a great peace about us. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, we take this burden, and we, we take it in there, and Peter says, cast all your cares upon him. because And when, when we take those cares and we cast upon the Lord, I, I don't know how many times where I've gone in burdened and come out thinking, God's got it. He's got it, doesn't he? You might as well give it to him. Yeah. And sometimes we just need to be reminded of the privilege that we have of praying. Th think about that. Uh, we're sinners. God is holy. But the holy creator of the universe invites us to come. Isn't that awesome? Uh, you know, I think about doctor's appointments. Sometimes people try to get a doctor's appointment and they'll see you in September. God's never like that, is he? You don't have to get on his schedule. I mean, he's, his door is always open. Isn't that awesome? And we get to come with boldness. Because we're coming in the righteousness of Christ. What a, what a privilege that is. And, and how foolish it is to neglect that privilege. And, and so often we, we don't persevere. I, I've said this before, but I think that prayer is the hardest discipline in the Christian life. And, and when I say that, it doesn't make a lot of sense. How hard can it be? But it's, it's so hard. I, I love to pray, but there is nothing harder for me that my flesh resists more than just being still and seeking the Lord. And, and so while I know that prayer is, is the greatest of all privileges that we enjoy on this earth, it's one of the greatest struggles that we have to wrestle against, the flesh. And uh, listen, I, over the years I've met with pastors and have lots of pastor friends and accountability partners. And I can't tell you how many times we've gotten together and we have talked about prayer. And, and so often we have lamented our, our prayer lives. And we've just talked about how hard it is to uh, to, to maintain a warm and, and deepening prayer life. It's a challenge. And sometimes we're tempted to give up on prayer. And, and it's in those times, sometimes God has to bring something big in our lives to call us back to what we should have already been doing. And, I, you know, often people think us pastors have got this figured out. Well, I just want to say we don't. I, I've been doing this for 18 years, and i got so far to go in regards to prayer. And, and my biggest obstacle is, is, is pride. And I hate it. Sometimes I act like I don't need God's help. Now, how many think that's foolish? Yeah. James 4, 6, God opposes the proud. He gives grace to the humble. And I know that. Uh, but sometimes my pride keeps me from the secret discipline of prayer. Uh, and I'll just tell you, I, I, here's, I've kind of figured some of it out. I, we we want to please man. And, you know, you can't see me when I'm praying. You don't know if I'm sleeping or, well, you don't know what I'm doing when I'm praying, but, but you see me when I'm going to the hospital and I'm doing ministry. You, you see all those things, but you don't see prayer. And, and our flesh wants to please others instead of pleasing God, and it's, it's sad. And I, I hate my pride. If you want something to pray for me, 
crave for, for my pride. I hate it. Uh, and, and I can mention other obstacles to prayer. Uh, but I just want to remind us this morning that, that prayer is one of the most important spiritual disciplines. And we need God's help in our praying. Jesus made prayer a priority. We, we often find in the Gospels that he gets alone. He gets up early. He gets away with God. Luke 18.1 says, he told them, the disciples, he told them a parable to the effect that they ought to always pray and not lose heart. Pray and don't give up. Paul says, pray with all perseverance. Listen, church, don't give up on your praying, but be faithful and steadfast. Live in dependence upon God for every experience in life. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I'm the vine, you're the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he'll bear much fruit. But apart from me, Jesus said, you can do nothing. We all want to bear fruit, don't we? Well, Jesus invites us to abide in him. And, and, uh, and listen, anybody desire to see God do some amazing things here at Burlington Baptist? Yeah, well, let me ask you, are you asking him? Are you seeking? Are you knocking? Are you asking him to do those things? I, I fear that so often we, we don't ask and we don't get. We don't come expecting. We've not asked. Listen, we get what we've asked for, and a lot of times we've not asked for anything. And so ask God to do those things that, that we can't do on our own. Let me give you one more that's not on our outline. It's just Colossians 4.2 and Philippians 4.6 says, Pray with thanksgiving. With thanksgiving. Gratitude is a much better stimulus than guilt. As preachers, we like to guilt people. Listen, that won't last very long. But if we pray with gratitude, uh, listen, there's been times where I have prayed and, and uh, God has answered the prayer in such an amazing way that I don't know if I ought to shout or get on my face. Just overwhelmed. Anybody been, just been overwhelmed that God does abundantly more than all we ask or imagine. And listen, both of those is okay. Sometimes we just shout. Sometimes I want to call somebody and tell them, and sometimes I just want to get on my knees and say, thank you, Lord, for that. Listen, Thanksgiving should be a regular component of our praying because God has blessed us in so many ways. He's not only given us the privilege to come into His presence, but, but He's promised his, his presence in our lives. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He, he is faithful. He's a faithful provider. He has forgiven us of our sins. So many things that we ought to thank Him for. I mean, in the book of Ephesians, Paul reminds us that we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That's dead. And God is rich in mercy that he has brought us to life through Christ. He, he has saved us. And listen, I, I said, when we get our theology right, and we realize that everything we have, most importantly our salvation, when we realize that all of that is, is a gift of God's grace and mercy, then we'll be thankful. And we can't help but give him thanks. And so Paul not only gives us some, some pointers on when to pray and, and how to pray, but then he reminds us of what to pray for. Notice back in verse 18 again. Uh, making supplications and petitions for all the saints. We're to pray for each other. Uh, I, I've got some church directories. I don't know all of you. Uh, but I like to get those directories out and, and, and pray for you. Paul tells us we're to pray for each other, aren't we? Uh, and, and then verse 19, Paul says, and also for me. Church, pray for each other, but Paul says, pray for me. And, I, you know, Paul certainly wasn't ashamed to ask the church and his friends to pray for him. And if Paul desired and needed the prayers of the church, man, I want your prayers. And I, 
I told them earlier, you know, this, this transition, I, I love it here. It's been a little bit tough because sometimes I, I miss people that I love. And, and, and I've struggled a little bit in preaching. And there's been some distractions in my mind. And, and the, the sound's not always good. And just lots of things going through my mind sometimes. Listen, I, I need your prayers. And I want you to, I hope you're praying for me. I hope I'm on your prayer list. But not just me, but pray for each other. Uh, pray for your staff. I, I know Brother Jeff, Brother Kevin, Beth, and Danny, they, they, they covet your prayers. We, we pray regularly uh, for the church and for the needs of the church, and we, we want God's wisdom. We, we want to lead well, and uh, we, we need His help. Uh, we need your prayers. Pray for your teachers. They study each week to, to stand before you and rightly divide the Word. And, and pray for the children teachers. We, we need a few more of those. Pray for them and pray for more. Uh, pray for Kyle and, and Molly. They're, they're preparing to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, they, they need prayers now and, and when they go. And uh, listen, when you have something going on in your life, well, humble yourselves and ask for prayer. Uh, we, we should do that. Now, I want to just point out some things here about Paul. Paul's in prison and uh, he's just trying to share the gospel and People don't like it, and they throw him in prison. And, and we might expect him to pray, God, uh, get me out of this place. Open the doors. That's not what he prays, is it? Pray for me that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. I, I love that. Uh, Paul's in prison. And instead of praying for release from prison or, or deliverance from the thorn in the flesh or, or instead of deliverance from all the persecution that he suffered, instead of, Lord, give me some better food here in jail or give me more money, or he prays for boldness to proclaim the gospel. And the ironic thing is that what got him in prison to start with. He wouldn't quit preaching Jesus. They put him in prison and now he's asking the for the people to pray that he would boldly continue to proclaim the gospel. I love that. That mystery that he's talking about, he's, he's explained that in Ephesians 2 and 3. The, the mystery of how God had a plan to bring together the Jews and Gentiles into one body. And that through faith in Jesus, we are the children of God. We're not Jew or Gentile anymore. We're one body of believers. We're the children of God through faith in Jesus. That's the mystery that, that Paul is proclaiming to the world and and uh, the very thing that he asked the church for is, Lord, is, is church pray that I would have more boldness. Man, I'd love for you to pray that for me. I, I want more boldness to proclaim the gospel. And, and I suspect you look to, the, to your right and left, that person probably wants more boldness as well. Listen, Paul had no intentions of giving up proclaiming the gospel, even if it meant imprisonment or death. Church, we want to we be a healthy church. We want to impact our community. Listen, it all starts with prayer. I want to be a, a faithful preacher of the word. It, it starts on my knees. I want to see a harvest of souls. It starts on our knees. We want to see strong marriages and families. Listen, if you want to be a if you want to have a, a strong marriage, spend some time on your knees. In my life, I, I regularly try to read some books on prayer. 
just because I need the encouragement and the stimulation and the help. I love praying together as a body of believers. Uh, I don't know if there's anything more special than God's people coming together as a family. It's kind of like getting together for Christmas. You've got the family together, and it's special. I, I don't know if there's anything more special when the people of God come together in prayer and uh, pray together. This evening, I, I thought we'd take some time at 6. If, if you're not busy, you want to come out, we'll just gather in here and, and we'll pray together. And we should, even when we're not together. We pray for one another. We pray for physical needs, and that's good. But, but spiritual needs and spiritual growth and, and boldness in sharing the gospel and faithfulness, and we pray for one another for those things. So much that we need to talk about this morning in regards to, to being steadfast in prayer. But maybe what we need to pray is this God would help us in this area. Help us to have a, a, a vibrant prayer life. Uh, again, I, this morning you might want to come and, and ask God to rekindle the, the fires of prayer in your life. I always say this, don't come out of guilt. That's not my intentions. My, my intentions, your intentions should be, God, I want to walk in close communion with you because you are good. Because I love you. I love you because you first loved me. I want my prayer life to be strong. Listen, this morning, you, you might want to do some business with God and say, God, it's not where it used to be or where I want it to be. Or you Ask Him to help you. And so we're going to have an invitation, and I'll invite you to respond if you need to. And, and if you're here this morning and you're lost, uh, I want to invite you to be saved. I'm going to tell you, uh, if we go back to Genesis, God walked with Adam and Eve in the garden. He walked together with them. That was, that was their design. And sin messed it all up. And, and sin still does that. It separates us from God. God's holy. He hates sin. We're sinners. That separates us. But the good news of the gospel is that God sent His Son, Jesus. And Jesus came and lived a sinless life. He went to the cross and He took our sin. Paid the penalty. Died for my sins. He was buried on the third day. He arose again in victory over those sins. And listen, when I came in faith to Jesus, He forgave all my sins and He clothed me in His righteousness. And now listen, the Father welcomes the righteousness of Jesus. And so when I come in prayer, God doesn't see my sin. Amen. He sees the righteousness of Jesus. And He says, come on in here, son. I'm listening. That's the invitation that we have in the gospel, is to turn from our sins, believe upon the Lord Jesus Christ, and be clothed in His righteousness. I, I invite you this morning, if you've never trusted Jesus, to, to make Him Lord. Won't you stand with me? I'm going to pray, and we're going to have a time of invitation. I want to invite you, maybe specifically this morning, if you need some help in your prayer life, I want to invite you to, to do what the Bible says and humble yourself and seek His face. And He'll hear from heaven. He wants you to have a strong prayer life. He'll help you to have one of those. Let's pray. Father, thank You for Your Holy Spirit. Lord, You didn't just save us. But you desire for us to grow in godliness. 
you desire for us to walk in dependence upon you and you have given us this awesome privilege called prayer Lord I I just I know I've already confessed it but I just I feel burdened that I've neglected so much time in prayer thank you for your forgiveness Lord I I know how delightful it is to to have a fulfilling prayer life I, I long for that for the people that are gathered here this morning Lord I pray that you would grow our prayer lives individually and, and as a church that we would realize this morning that apart from you we can do nothing we want to see you at work in this church and in this community it starts on our knees remind us of that and then call us to pray we thank you for hearing our prayers. If there's someone here without Christ this morning, we pray for them. That they be saved.